You're listening to the Music Heals podcast, a space where we discuss the human relationship with music and the impact it has on our physical, mental, and emotional well-being. Hey y'all, it's Ray. Welcome to the Music Hills Podcast. It's episode two, episode two, episode two. Our Music Hills quote of the day. I have found that no matter what life throws at me, music softens the blow. Bryce W. Anderson. How y'all feeling? I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay. A little tired, but I feel, I feel all right. So let's just get right into it. Honestly, today I kind of wanted to talk about um, a name that you probably have seen circulating on social media. I mean, he's gone viral by now, so I'm sure that you all have heard. I don't know where you guys are listening from, but I'm currently located in Richmond, Virginia, and Richmond is one of the few cities around the country that are still actively protesting and have been since day one um, of the protests that ignited nationwide in response to the killing of jo- uh, the murder of George Floyd and others. Um, yeah, so we have been, I mean, not me personally, I've, I've been out a few a few days, but I definitely have not been out every single day. But to those who have been on the front lines every day, they, they've been out there for, I mean, it's been over a month at this point. Just a little bit about what's going on in Richmond. So um, the, the demands and none of the demands that have been released by certain um, grassroots organizations or community organizers, none of them have been met. I mean, you'll see in the news from an outside in perspective that, you know, monuments are coming down and it seems like it's been a huge change here in Richmond, but I mean, really nothing, nothing has been met. I mean, some of those demands, just to give you all an idea, the first one is to reopen the Marcus David Peters case. Uh, Marcus David Peters was murdered by the police, uh, I think it was in 2018, and he was a Richmond resident. Um, there, his family called because he was having a mental health crisis. And when the police showed up, they shot and killed him. Um, so that's one of the demands to defund the police. Um, three, drop all charges against every protester because protesters are being arrested every night and held <laughs> every single night. Um, establish an independent civilian review board with subpoena power that is separate from the Richmond Police Department. Um, Establish and fully fund the Marcus Alert System, which is a system that will aid in responding to behavioral health issues um, that the first responders won't be the police. Um, It'll be mental health professional. Um, And then release the names of all RPD officers currently under investigation for use of force misconduct, which at the beginning of the protests in Richmond, there was a curfew that was set. Um, There was a state of emergency declared and a curfew set as as there was in several other cities. And on the first night of the curfew, RPD showed up to the Lee Monument where a protest was occurring. 
peaceful protesters were on their knees chanting hands up don't shoot and 30 minutes before the curfew Richmond Police Department deployed tear gas and just wreaked havoc on the entire crowd I mean there were kids out there it was crazy so the mayor Mayor LeVar Stoney stated that those police officers would be held accountable accountable and disciplined and he would let us know when that happened and he never did so I mean, there are a lot of things that he, a lot of promises that he has made through this whole thing that he has, he is not a man of his word. I'm quickly learning. So, so yeah. So anyway, one of the stories that I wanted to bring up that has been circulating in the news is the story of Elijah McLean. So like I said, y'all have probably heard, but On the evening of August 24th of last year, Elijah McLean was walking home from his local convenience store. And so there was a passerby who noticed he was walking and wearing a ski mask. And he was kind of moving his arms, listening to his music, and they called 911, but told the dispatcher that they didn't believe anybody was in in danger. They just wanted to report a suspicious person. But the thing is, is that Elijah routinely wore ski masks outside because he had anemia and he got cold really easily and so when the officers arrived they tried to stop him and he's elijah stated that he had a right to go where he was going was just true and an officer touched him so uh disrespected a physical boundary and elijah said he was going home and to leave him alone to let him go he stated that he was an introvert and requested that they respected his boundaries so because of that a struggle escalated and three officers tackled Elijah to the ground so just to put this in perspective Elijah McLean was 140 pounds it did not take three officers to restrain him and to be honest there was no reason that they should have been restraining him in the first place it's just that their egos were bruised point blank period so one of the officers applied a carotid control hold around Elijah's neck while he cried and pleaded so a carotid control hold involves uh, an officer applying pressure to the side of a person's neck in order to temporarily cut off the blood flow to the brain so that's a technique that the officer was using on Elijah At one point during this altercation, an officer spotted another officer's body camera, pointed at him and said, move your camera. Um, Elijah was handcuffed and the police called first responders, um, called medics. The medics injected him with a lethal dose of ketamine to sedate him. And that dose was appropriate for a much larger man than 140 pound Elijah. On the way to the hospital, Elijah suffered two heart attacks and he was pronounced brain pronounced brain dead on August 30th. And he was only 23 years old. And none of those officers or medics present at the scene have been charged. So it's also crazy because an autopsy initially listed his cause of death as undetermined. Um, so that was also a big unclear detail of his death and ultimately the office because of that um cause of death listed on his autopsy the officers involved were subsequently cleared of wrongdoing 
and uh, none none of them has been have been charged. So recently, um, some of his story has come back into the attention um, into social media and a recent um, petition on change.org demand, you know, has garnered nearly 2 million signatures. So uh, on June 25th, the Colorado governor, Jared Polis, signed an executive order to appoint the state's attorney general to investigate the case. And if the facts support prosecution, uh, criminally prosecute any individuals whose actions caused the death of Elijah McLean. So now the attorney general is investigating the case and hopefully we'll get some answers. Um, One of the things that I wanted to talk about in addition to this, though, or just as a response to his name popping back up and being circulated in the media, there have been some larger protests that have been happening in Aurora, some peaceful protests, and some of them have been, have consisted of um, like vigils, violin vigils, where violin and other string players have been coming out to perform in an ensemble format or as soloists, and it's it's really been just like gatherings, nothing large crowds, but really people just sitting and listening, and the police have been showing up in riot gear. Antagonize, uh, declaring these gatherings unlawful gatherings and antagonizing the protesters using tear gas and pepper spray and beating them with batons to attempt to disperse the crowd. And it's crazy because, like, I don't really know how much more peaceful you can get. I mean, I'm literally sitting in the grass just listening to this string player attempting to use this moment of music to heal and I'm being met with violence from the police either way. So it's just, it's crazy, y'all. It's really crazy. Even when, no matter how peaceful we attempt to be, I mean, they're mad at us if they see us tearing things up and looting and they're mad at us if we're not angry. They're just mad at us just because of the color of our skin or the things or the color of the skin of the people that we're advocating for that have been murdered in cold blood by it's just crazy y'all I know sometimes I don't even have the words to be honest and we should all be able to collectively grieve and sit and use whatever methods we deem necessary in order to heal and it's crazy that this is the response that some of the vigils are getting so interestingly enough, I play the violin. I've been playing the violin since the fifth grade, like I mentioned on episode one. And um, it's now more so a hobby, mostly because I kind of dropped off once I started college. Um, I didn't, ha- I wasn't taking lessons anymore, so my skills weren't progressing. And moving around, my college experience was sort of unique to where I was at different schools. And so I really didn't have the connections necessary to be a part of any type of um, string ensemble or orchestra or symphony. So I haven't played in a while, but I decided to pick it back up uh, when I moved to Richmond and 
more recently because we we have a lot of time on our hands now. So I just decided that one of my goals for 2020 was to find a hobby that I really like. And that is something that's always been a part of my life, um, playing the violin. So I felt like that would be appropriate to pursue. So anyway, uh, yesterday evening which was July 21st. So an area in Richmond where protests or gatherings or demonstrations have been happening on a daily basis is at the base of the Robert E. Lee Monument. That space has been reclaimed by the citizens. Um, it's it, it When the protests first started, that's where most of the confrontation occurred between the police and the citizens. But more recently, we're in July now, at the end of July. So more recently, those um, nights have been have turned into artistic expression or um, a space of healing, really. Like the people have really reclaimed that space and made it a sacred space. I mean community uh, organizations or just groups of people they're out there with tents with free food free water on a daily basis you guys and um they set up two basketball hoops i wish i, I wish y'all could see the pictures the visuals but they they're circulating around all around the internet they set up two basketball hoops so the kids come out and play um families come out People come out daily to take photos. I've seen a couple take their wedding pictures out there. So it really has been a space that has been transformed. And so yesterday, well, the day before yesterday, I saw a flyer circulating because I do try my best to stay updated with what's going on and things that I can participate in. And there was a flyer circulating for a violin vigil here in Richmond to honor the life of Elijah McLean. So, of course, I'm excited I haven't picked up my violin in a while, but this is like the first time that I'll be able, you know, that I was able to connect with other string musicians in the city and play publicly. And really what it was, was like a way for everybody who participated and everybody who listened. It was really just a way to collectively grieve. I mean, which we've been doing from the start. But it was a way to express that in a creative way um, and in an artistic way through music. Um, And I think it especially was moving for me because, like I said, I struggle to find the words sometimes. I just I just don't know what to say. I've struggled with a lot of feelings that most of us have for years, you know, not just because of the murder of George Floyd or Breonna Taylor, but because this has been a consistent thing us having to witness or read about the violent deaths of people who look just like us or or who could have very well been us it's it's a an emotionally exhausting experience to be to be black in america today so because I struggled to find the words. A lot of the times I felt that this was a good opportunity for me to not have to worry about what I was going to say and to just try my best to get whatever those feelings that I have been experiencing out through the music. And it really was a beautiful experience. I mean, none of I didn't know any of these people before I showed up. I just saw a flyer and decided to come. 
Um, none of us had ever rehearsed together. I mean, some some of us was, was a little out of tune. You know, it was our first time running through. You know, I stumbled a lot over a simple simple canon indie <laughs> i was struggling fumbling the finger so it but it wasn't about that it was just about um like i said our it was about an opportunity for us to express our collective grief to show our support of the movement in a creative way and just to reach a few more people um through music so it was a great experience um jennifer arnold with the Richmond Symphony, she and another woman named Sarah, I can't remember her last name, but they organized it literally like four days before. They started posting this flyer four days before the day of of the event, and it was a great turnout. So I'm just going to pop a clip in here so you guys can kind of hear. healing combos so my vision is is that eventually i'll have guests on the show where i can ask these questions but until then it's me asking myself the questions (laughs) so i i randomly just choose like some questions that i find online or just like anywhere that i think will be cool to talk about so let's get started um first question can you read music I personally can. I can still read music. I suck at um, improv though. I am not good at that. I have a really good friend. Her name is Isis. She is great at improv, like on the piano and on the violin. Well, she used to be. I don't even know if she still plays anymore, but she used to be really good at that. I am not good at playing on the fly, finding the right note to play on the spot. No, I need to look at the notes on the sheet. But I'm also learning that even though I can still read music, I know where to put my finger down if I see a note, but sometimes I can't tell you what note that is. So I need to get back into my music theory for sure. Uh, Let's see, next question. Ooh, do you have an expensive stereo system? I do not. I don't have like any type of sound bar. The only speaker that I have is uh, a Bluetooth speaker. It's a JBL three and that's like a generation behind. I've had it for like three years now and it's it's been so good to me, but it's finally dying. I think I got something on it or something cause it'd be like making this staticky noise now and it doesn't hold the charge. So it's definitely time for me to buy one. But in my dream space, I wouldn't have an expensive stereo system, but definitely like a really good sound bar for sure. Like attached to my TV where I can play. My dad has his hooked up, like his sound bars hooked up to a subwoofer. So like to every TV in every room. 
And so that makes like the the noise, whether it's coming from the TV or you hook your phone up to the Bluetooth on the speaker, it makes it really nice. So that's like my ideal setup for my next apartment. Hmm, let's see. What is your favorite karaoke song to sing? So I am not a singer. I cannot sing. I suck at singing. <laughs> but when I was younger, for some reason, my mom had convinced me that I could sing. Like I was singing in like the um, church youth, like gospel choir or whatever in the music ministry. And my mom thought I could sing. I cannot sing. I could hold a tune. I could hold a note. If you give me a tone, I can sing that tone, but I am not a singer at all. But <laughs> when I do sing karaoke, I like to sing Week by SWV. And yeah, I think that's like my go-to. Or like a fun song. No, I think that's like my go-to. Anyway, next question. Do, 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 do. What? kind of music do your parents listen to so my dad he listens to like well he recently he's really into like the color shows on youtube and npr tiny desk shows on youtube and that's because of me because <laughs> i introduced him to that so now he's like really really into it he listens to those shows when they drop like more than i do but he listens to like um let's see he was born in 67 so i don't know like that bridge between like funk and like r&b i don't know i don't know but my mom she listens to what does she listen to she listens to like radio music like top 40 she's not really like she's not gonna go out of her way to find new songs she used to listen to a lot of gospel but that has changed these days so uh let's do one more question <laughs> let's see did you ever create a mix cd I did. <laughs> I used to make mixed CDs and it doesn't really feel like that was that long ago. Like when I'm probably like 2012, I was still making mixed CDs to put in my Pacifica. I was driving my dad's Pacifica and he was living in Atlanta. I was living in Florida and um, I, it had like a CD player. So I made mixed CDs and I played them on there. So I did. I used to use a uh, LimeWire to download the songs, burn the CD, and play it in my car. And on my, well, at that time I didn't have a stereo. So yep, I was just playing in my car. When I was younger though, I would put them in a little radio in the stereo that I had. So yeah. Well, you guys, that wraps up this week's episode of Music Heals. Um, follow us on social media at Music as a Healer on all platforms. Send us an email at Music as a Healer at gmail.com and tell us how music has helped you to heal. See y'all next week. <laughs>